This is Deconversion Therapy. I'm not Bonnie. I'm not Karen. Oh, that that's our new intro. It's tricky. Wow. It's there's It's a thinker. Build the tension. <laughs> uh, we're a um, comedy podcast that gets mad also about religion, organized religion. And Bonnie and I have known each other since we were one year old. And we did a lot of stupid things together. Uh, And then we grew up in the church and became Christians at a young age. Yes, we were born again. Send those letters that we weren't someone else. Um, And (laughs) A couple things about your little bit of information there. You said we did a, we did a lot of stupid things, and then you said like going to church. <laughs> no, I meant and I going to church. I should have. But our stupid things weren't weren't illegal. It was just you know. No, we the, just gave our home address to strangers. <laughs> we <laughs> we did fun stuff like that. We rode a school bus with no seatbelts. <laughs> it was it was the eighties. Um, so we. Then deconstructed at different times. Bonnie just was like, nope, I'm out (laughs) in a very succinct, quick way. I became a missionary, and then as I started deconstructing, it took a long, long time. And then here we are. I dipped my water, my I dipped my water into going back in. (laughs) I dipped my toe back in the water of going to church when I moved back to the south. And it just, everything was aligned against it. Everything. Didn't I tried to get into like a Sunday school class or a small group, and they said, well, we just don't have one that works for you right now. I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks, God. So. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people are just like, because uh, it's real. it's the distance that starts the deconversion, which is why COVID might start a lot of deconversion. I know they are worried about the tithing. Oh, they're worried. Well, I was thinking the other day about, um, you know, I'm always posting things. People send it to me. My husband sends it to me about um, Christian dickheads who do dickish things like, you know, Franklin Graham saying the 10 senators who voted against Trump are as bad as Judas or something like that. Um, really? So send me, yep, all that shit. And I'm like, I will repost it because we, we're we being nice to Christians. We're taking out their trash for them. Yeah. So they don't, you know, not all of them can come out and say Dave Ramsey or Franklin Graham are dicks because they still have their church community that they want to keep. So we will do it for you. Yeah, and they, I mean, it's not so much as towing the party line as it's, I mean, for some of them, I'm sure it's just being forgiving. Being forgiving, yeah, not wanting to rock the boat, um, or at least look forgiving, because... You know, I would do that all the time. I'm like, okay, right. I'm going to look forgiving, and soon the forgiveness is going to follow. And that's just what they talk about on My Favorite Murder as far as uh, we we look to be nice so many times. Like if we find somebody creepy, 
we go I, yep. uh, we go overboard to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh no, they couldn't be a creep if they just want to sit in my passenger side of my car and talk to me, <laughs> and they're a stranger. I'm like, right. really? <laughs> okay, maybe they could be. Um, They've I got have their an, hand I have around an article. my neck. It's <laughs> just an old habit of theirs. He's just touching where a necklace used to be. Um, I have something from New York Times I wanted to read you. Um, so I'm going to click for a second. Damn it. I got to edit it out. I'm sorry. No, I'm joking. It's not but from yeah, the New York Times. Well, you're looking that up. I was telling someone the other day because they were struggling with all the stuff that's going on and how to react to it. And they're a Christian. And I just, I have to remind myself Niceness and kindness are two different things. Are like, they? Yes. Nice is that artificial, not artificial, but just more the actions that look pleasant or you say things that are very, you know, sweet. But kindness can come with a, you really should not take that cocaine. You know, oh, kindness okay. can be not... Um, yeah, yeah, not always. Kindness is like, for the chirpy. greater good, maybe. Yeah, and for, you know, not self-harm, not people harm. So, mm-hmm. you know, kindness can absolutely be like Trump needs to be out of office. Right. And it's not being, I guess, nice to him, but kind I think it's for the greater the, good. There, yes, it, yes. I, you know... <sighs> I, I just, sorry. Uh-uh. I know okay. it's going to have to be an editing moment, but I want to read you what this dickhead said. Damn it, now I can't find it. Take your time. Okay. You know that there have been a lot of additional people guarding the Capitol. Yes. After the events of January 6th. So here's. One of the articles from the Wall Street Journal today. Man arrested at Capitol Checkpoint with gun says he was lost. <laughs> okay. So he shows up Friday night at a Capitol security checkpoint with a gun, mm-hmm. 500 rounds of ammunition, Shit. and unauthorized credentials for the presidential inauguration. So this oh guy, Wesley, so from Virginia. First of all, he's way <laughs> early. For the first, way early, right? <laughs> um, so he's charged with illegal possession of crimes. Blah blah blah. Uh, what bugs me is he was released on his own recognizance Sunday. Um, but here it is. It says. It's not like I was trying to do something bad, he said. I was going to do my job trying to be an extra set of eyes on the people. Um, The rear windshield of the Ford pickup driven by Mr. Beeler had several gun-related decals on it, including one that said, if they come for your guns, give them your bullets first. (laughs) According to the police statement filed, blah, blah, blah. Um, So they took... uh, a loaded 9-millimeter Glock handgun, 500 rounds of ammunition from the truck. He said he was licensed to carry that much in Virginia, but he didn't realize he had that much ammunition with him. But it's just, he gets there and he's like, oh, uh, it's a a mistake. I was lost. And that's (laughs) like when... I had this I had this girl who was a friend in college and her boyfriend hit her 
after mm-hmm. they eventually got married, yeah. and that's why they got divorced. Good. Mm-hmm. So in in some kind of a situation with a mediator or, or something like that, uh, they said, uh, okay, so why did you hit her? No. I ha- she accidentally ran into my fist. <laughs> her oh, face, like with her face. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's this guy. Oh, uh, 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 I'm lost. And they let him go. <laughs> Was he using his gun as like a, one of those, what is it, a dowsing? A da- he said that he began a contract job for this protective services company that was working with the event company Live Nation Entertainment to provide security services for media leading up to the inauguration next week. And they always say, do you have a gun? In 500 rounds, <laughs> you're hired. <sighs> yeah. But that's so, it. Like, I, I, what? like why, is he, why is he showing up, you know, on the weekends? <laughs> I, I was lost from Virginia. I was lost. <laughs> that's going to be my new thing when I break into <laughs> the mall to shop at 1 a.m. where yeah. no one's around and I can't get COVID. We definitely need to cover Dave Ramsey another day because he is just, he's really big, especially around here. My neighbor's two doors up used to work for him. Everyone works for him. He's this financial guru. And this week, he just went off because he's the one who is now doing this whole anti-mask thing. And he threw a big party at Christmas purposefully unmask and ask the vendors and like the servers not to wear masks and tons Wait, of people, say that again he, he asked, asked the vendors and servers not to wear masks correct well, and that yep so he's just you know there's this just like i i'm not going to play by the rules on purpose and put it in your face to accomplish some reason that I do not, that is not clear to the American people. No, it's one, not clear to me what it's no, accomplishing. It's just preaching to your audience. You're not pulling anyone in who goes, I like that. I'm liking what you're doing right there. That's kind. Right. And then, I see your yeah. logic. Right. Nope. Oh, oh, by the way, um, <laughs> The world of tennis is just a big clusterfuck right now. Pardon oh. my French. Ooh. Oh, yeah. They had, I want to say, seven chartered jets from around the globe, and all the players in that part of the country or whatever part was closest got on a plane. They were supposed to test negative 72 hours before getting on the plane. Right. And if they landed in Australia, which, by the way, Victoria had had something like either seven or 11 days with no cases. That's where my husband's from. Oh, I know. Zero. So, So like our friends there and family post like daily, look, we had zero. They closed their state borders. We would never even understand how to do that here. No, they won't let people back in the country. To see loved ones. They haven't hugged their family in a year. Nope. But yeah. what do they do? They let the tennis players of the globe come in on chartered flights. Well, guess what? They had super strict uh, um, 
quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super rules. strict quarantine rules once they got there. So if somebody tested positive, they had to then be even stricter and stay in their hotel rooms. Well, guess what? Yeah. Somebody on one plane tested positive. So the whole plane is considered like in close proximity. And now yeah. they have to quarantine and they can't go out and work out and exercise. And some of these players who are going to make at least $100,000, even at the lower levels, they're bitching about about it. And um, <laughs> so it's turning into just a nightmare. And all the people in Australia are like, our loved ones can't even come back home. And right, they let right. you in for tennis. Yep. And, and you're going to complain about this? This is – and you're making a pile of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's just – it's a – it's not a delightful mess. I don't like anything that, that you know, besmirches the sport. <laughs> um, but I do believe that I've heard um, Djokovic be the most bitchy. What and a so, <laughs> But well, I'm not sure. But I like to just say that because, A, nobody here is challenging what I say. <laughs> but people are referencing what he said, but I haven't read it directly. So, um well, that's what we're about, not knowing anything right. directly and then <laughs> offering it on a platter to listeners. Well, right. my husband is from that area, and he was supposed to go see his dad. You know, his dad's like in his 80s, yeah. and he can't go, and this has been over a year. They're going to probably have no fly for at least another six months because they're so careful. So, you know, it's very stressing to him because if something happens to his parents, he can't get to them. Yeah, and it's bad everywhere like that in different ways. Like if somebody's in the hospital and they've got it and you can't go say goodbye to them. Totally. I mean, I've heard horrible things. like That's the difference between nice and kind. Nice would be, sure, get on the plane, come on over. But kind would be, do not come, stay out. So I can't. You just gave me a good idea. My okay. husband is one of those who doesn't do a sport for a few years and then uh-huh. goes and does it and plays goes at crazy. like professional level. So if he takes up tennis immediately, mm-hmm. he can fly to Australia <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to get in touch with Venus Williams, who can pull strings via her house for sale that we saw online. I'm going to have to write, write Zillow <laughs> say, can, can we please talk to Venus? And to comment on my age when you said Venus, my second thing I heard after that was fly a trap, referencing <laughs> right. the DJ from WKRP. In Cincinnati. Anyway, um, we have letters to read to you guys we this do. week. Finally. So I'm excited about this. We have like a little bit of a backup with letters, but we're going to do some um, over the next few weeks. If you have something that's funny and about growing up in church, synagogue, you know, the Moonies, whatever, go ahead or, and write it to us. Or church in your workplace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Co-workers who are witnessing, there's just nothing worse. Oh, so... I mean, maybe the, there is. <laughs> the other day, I don't know if I told you, my uh, one of my daughters gets a text, 
And it's like, hey, I'm just texting random numbers and want you to know God loves you. Doodly do do. (laughs) Do you want to know anything more about the Church of Latter-day Saints? (gasps) And then we have in Nashville area... um, we have uh, like an online Facebook group of people who are secular women, and one put up hers. You're distracting me with your hand. I'm sorry. Movements. Stop doing shadow. <laughs> I'm puppets. feeling my joints, wondering if I have rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> we don't use a podcast as a platform for rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> okay. but, but she and someone on Facebook's like, look at this message I just got. A little different, but still Church of Latter-day Saints. And yep. I'm like, I, you know that they're all just like, you know what? COVID has us locked down. This is going to be a great idea. Let's <laughs> throw our cult into text to people who do not want to be texted. Right, so, right. I want to call and say, what was your success ratio? Unprovoked, uh, non-consensual communication with Religious random people. Spam. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll start That's with... That's redundant. Religious spam. Sorry. Boom. Okay, I'm going to start this letter. As a side note, if we've read these before, please let me know. I do not have a good organized method. You're talking to me, not the audience. I'm talking. Maybe we'll just do it and someone can be like, well, they read my letter twice and they seem surprised both times. Which also correlates into, I'm going to start a podcast called How'd I Hurt That? Because as I'm getting old, how'd I hurt that? As I'm getting older, (laughs) I've had like a pain that I'm like, how, what? That's what you get if you're like a laborer, but I have done nothing. So that and my memory loss. Okay, here we go. I grew up in a super fundamentalist evangelical church in Seattle, an island of conservative conservatism in an ocean of blue. I have plenty of awful stories I could tell, but this one is just fun. One of the elders in our church, who is particularly straight-laced and considered a pillar of the church, was married to a woman with enough personality for both of them. I'll <laughs> call her Edna. That's not, <laughs> not nice. A, not a young name, but okay. It's not nice already. <laughs> Edna had a quirky sense of humor, a big heart, and an impeccable sense of comedic timing. Our church was affiliated with a ragtag, unaccredited Bible college, so we were often blessed with sermons from students of the, quote, college. <laughs> One Sunday, we had a student preacher who hadn't learned to keep an eye on the clock during his sermon, and he went on. Okay, remember, this is someone in training who likes to hear their voice. Right. I'm adding this as Karen. He went on for close to two hours. What? And that's the end of this story. No, I'm joking. (laughs) In our church, we were used to 45-minute sermons at most. You know, I always felt our sermons, Bonnie, in um, our Baptist church, Southern Baptists, lasted forever, but they really only lasted like 15 to 20 minutes. 
Like the I whole know. S- you know why? Because the rest of the service was filled with horse shit stuff, like standing <laughs> yeah. up, sitting down, standing up, and singing hymns. Yep. Exactly. I just don't like church music if it isn't established <laughs> firmly with everyone listening. <laughs> what a waste of time. I would lo- I mean the sermons were the good part. Yeah, yeah. I loved when we moved into the era of where the program actually had like a handout that you'd fill out with his three points, which I think mm-hmm. is why I became yeah. an English major because I realized how I can write an essay. You know, you got your three points and your supporting evidence. So I loved filling right. it out. Okay, the church back- service to me seems, though, like a chicken wing. Like, there's so much extra stuff, and all you really want is that nice little tender piece that's kind of like a I drumstick. Know, I know where it so, is. And yeah, you've got that whole it. piece that you can't do anything with, the flappy piece, I don't know, that points at the end. <laughs> yeah. And then there are all these veins in the other one, <laughs> and you can get tiny little pieces of meat from there. And then, But there's just so much waste, and you just want to throw those in, throw those bones on a plate. <laughs> I should. I wish the blue cheese dressing is your Aunt Edna with her hair. So go ahead, come on, Edna. What did Edna say? Wish people could see your face. How like intense you are about this chicken wing (laughs) situation. Okay, so forty five minutes at most for their sermons, and back to this writer. At, At one point during this rambling podcast, no sermon. Edna turned to a friend nearby and said in a stage whisper loud enough to be heard from several pews away, I put a roast in the oven this morning, and if this sermon lasts much longer, there's going to be a burnt offering to the Lord. (laughs) Insert laugh track. She had been working on that one. (laughs) I know. I'm not sure if this had anything to do with the sermon wrapping up or not, but it finally did. Hold on. I had to switch things. No sermon. And it finally did end. (laughs) I'm not sure if this had anything to do with the sermon wrapping up or not, but it finally did. And Edna hightailed it home to check on the burnt offering. Love the podcast, and thanks for making us all laugh. Thank oh you, gosh. Edna, for putting a stop to bullshit. <laughs> These, I mean, there's nothing worse than when the pastor gets up and says that, you know, either an, a new person to the ministry right. or a, a, a lower-level person is going to be speaking that Sunday. Because it's so earnest, it's long, <laughs> and they're, try- they're trying too hard. Well, how did they just keep going and going? It's the opposite of what you're always told is that, oh, public speaking is one of the most frightful things in life. Mm. Not to that guy. Nope, nope. Maybe he was getting all riled up and, like, banging on the <laughs> podium, and there was a lot of repent. <laughs> Talking about chicken wings and analogies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so okay. much extra garbage. Do you All have right. A so, letter? yeah, I have a letter for you. 
Um, oh, I have a letter for you. That's it. Okay, let's see what this person says as far as reading names. Um, it says okay. All right, so her name's Abby. By the way, my yeah. letter said don't read her name, although her name was Edna. <laughs> okay. Um, names like that crack me up because it's just like a man's name with something that ends in uh, a vowel. I never really like, thought of that. Oh, names that drive me crazy are the British ones. They're like, oh, Philippa. Oh, yeah? You're just going to take Philip and slap an A on the end? <laughs> like, ah, it's a girl. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, Abby says, uh, my story. All right. At this point, I think Karen has added me at least twice. So I'll send in a story and hope that she isn't like, wait, who's this chick thinking I care about her story? Okay, I know who Abby is. Abby has, um, we've followed each other on my personal Twitter, and I, we need to say congratulations because she just had a baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what that means. She had sex. I know. I wonder if she's married. Yeah. What? She named it COVID. Just to remember the time. (laughs) Stop. That's awful. COVID insurrection, Smith. (laughs) We don't think these things are funny. We're just trying to poke and make ourselves laugh because life is just a little bit too much to handle right now. Okay. Uh, Let's see. When I was little, my family got very involved in the evangelical boom of Bill Gothard's cult, family integrated churches and Christian homeschooling. Oh, I had spent my earliest years in a church very similar to the one Bonnie and Karen described growing up in. Once we shifted to a more fundamentalist worldview, though, it was clear that they were heathens and we couldn't continue (laughs) attending a place where women wore sleeveless dresses and men would wear shorts to evening services. Mm -hmm. Hold on. That was a big issue in our church. I remember specifically because we had an outdoor church, too, and we would go out there um, and it felt more casual. So there was this big uh, issue in the church if people could wear shorts. And our pastor, who's that big pastor in Texas now, he was the one that wanted to say no. The youth minister was like, it's okay. Like, it became a thing, and they finally did a sermon on it. It was crazy. Crazy time. And by the way, shorts in our uh, high yeah. school age were not the vagina shorts of the day now. <laughs> they generally landed right above your knee. They were Bermuda shorts. Yeah. They were Bermuda shorts. Get with that pleats. with an eyes on, and you're... Yeah. Yeah. And um, a cute little belt buckle with turtles on it mm-hmm. where they were kissing. Yeah. Get those loafers. So. <laughs> take the pennies out of the offering plate. Put them in there. Put them in your loafers. Okay. So it says a major component of the shift was that my much older brother was interested in attending Patrick Henry College. Founded by the one and only Michael Ferris, also founder of HSLDA. I don't know what that is. Do you? High school leadership. (laughs) I think that is, um, hold on. 
High school leadership district attorney. No. No. I think Michael Ferris, did you say? I think that might be the person who does, like, the homeschool network or something. I'll look him up. Because I know he was at the super spreader. Oh, okay. All right. So, Michael, quote, Mike, P. Ferris is an American constitutional lawyer, and he's the founder of, ready for the initials, Homeschool Legal Defense or Association, uh uh-oh, and Patrick Henry College, which we Mm -hmm. need to cover, both in wherever Virginia. He's the CEO and general counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Yeah, Yeah, that's what she said next. Gotcha. Yeah, her information is nice and accurate. I appreciate it. She probably Wikipedia'd him just like you did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think she, someone pointed out when we were looking at the picture of who is at the super spreader event. Oh. mm -hmm. At that outdoor thing for um, Cohen Barney. I'm joking. I like to mispronounce her name. Amy Coney Barrett. Um, He was there. Anyway. Hmm. Well, she says around this time, 1999 to 2000, the school was just being built and started, and they were on the prowl for donors. <laughs> My parents were connected enough into that world that they became donors that the school wanted to woo. Yeah. So Michael Ferris came to Atlanta and took my parents out to a very nice restaurant for lunch. I was brought along naturally, as that's the sort of thing anyone does <laughs> with a five-year-old child. <laughs> um The particular hotel we were having our meal at, the Westin downtown, has a glass elevator where you can watch yourself rising up above downtown Atlanta to the top floor. When we got in the elevator, Mike said, you know, Abby, I think this is going to be too scary for me. Would you sing us a song to make me feel less afraid? I was used to this as my dad often made me sing songs or recite Bible verses in front of total strangers, though it didn't make me hate it any less. But being a compliant child, oh, I know that. Uh, There I stood watching the busy streets of Atlanta fall away from my feet, and I sang Amazing Grace to Michael Ferris, whose college both my brother and I would eventually attend. I'm especially salty about this experience because when I attended PHC 13 years later, Mike had no idea I was the emotional support child he had (laughs) talked into singing for him in Atlanta all those years prior. The singer? I'm the singer. Uh, I was like, were you even actually scared or were my efforts for nothing said sarcastically, of course, in case that isn't clear. So there's my encounter with Michael Ferris. Hopefully that was interesting. Tune in next time for stories like my dad wanting to celebrate the day I was conceived instead of my birthday. Ew! Uh, (laughs) Or the first time I ever said, fuck, hint, it was in a tiny bathroom in northwest Arkansas while on a campaign for Tom Cotton. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Thank you, Abby. That was, uh, that's such, oh, yeah. When people say that to kids, like, why don't you do this for me, whereas I'm really trying to distract you from having your emotions. Right. Yeah, okay. And it's Don't you keep me down, Michael Ferris. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very, I mean, they used to do this all the time. It was done to us. We get it. But, like, 
that your child is a performer of some sort, even small, like, and I used to Mm -hmm. do that and had to really pull away from, you know, say hi to this nice man, do this, do that. Like, your kids aren't mini performers. Someone told me um, when my kid was little, or I can't remember, but I see it now on Instagram, especially where people are dressing up their kids or they're putting all the cute things they did up on the internet. I love them. I will watch them. But I do think of that kid, you know, when they're 18 and older, just, you know, having a hard time. Anyway. I think of the kid, you know, at that age, because uh, as an only child and an only grandchild, I had a lot of um, communication with my family. And mm-hmm. so they would ask me my opinion, whether they always did what I wanted or not. That's a different story, but I would be consulted. So that's good. To me, uh, being asked to do something like that, it, it, even in hindsight, I get I get aggravated with it. Like, why would you have me do this? There's right. no benefit to this. Yeah, yeah. Is this going it, to get us money? <laughs> Are we going to get to be first in line? That's gonna. That's a different story. Like you know, <laughs> hey, make sure that you act eleven so you can get this food. That's different. <laughs> the discount children's stuff. But yeah, like dressing them up, using them as props to get likes and attention is. I think it's a. It's almost a psychological thing of abuse where it's like I need my. My kid doesn't know what a like is. I'm the right, one that needs right. those likes. Anyway. That's what dogs are for, by the way. That's right. That's why you put dogs in Halloween contests. <laughs> <laughs> I do like seeing a dog in an I got to go check on my girls. They're outside tap dancing for money. <laughs> um, okay, here's another letter. Wait, Ready? can you can we request Focus. that anybody send us a dog in a bow tie picture? Because nothing makes well, me happier than does seeing have a dog to be in a bow tie? tie. I like I like a dogs. hanging tie is fine. What about a bonnet? No, just like a tie. Okay, for <laughs> Bonnie, send the tie. All right, here we go. Focus, so you get laughs on my the back of mine. Okay. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I just love your podcast. That's the funny stuff. And the letter episodes are hilarious. And yes, it was fun to hear my stories read. Ooh, I admit I giggled as I listened all by my lonesome in quarantine. Uh. To hear other accounts of crazy church annex makes me feel less icky about the stuff I did and went along with so many years. Totally. That's why we do it. It's all selfish. For yeah, us. and P.S. Read Pete Holmes' book. Yes, it's gonna make you feel way less alone and not as as freaky as some people. <laughs> In the late '90s, I went to a small four-square church. All right, that's a problem already. That particular <laughs> denomination was pretty quote progressive. They allowed women to be in leadership. They cast oh out demons and spoke in tongues. 
it was not a happening place to spend your 20s. Whoops. Aww. Let me do. Let me say. It was a happening place to spend your 20s. Not in this small <laughs> church. I just always picture um, the guy from Friends saying not. Okay. Ro- Ross. Ross. In this small <coughs> church. Ross. <laughs> In this small church, there was an older lady. She looked like a witch from a fairy tale, complete with a word on her nose and a large pile of black hair on top of her head, kind of a messy beehive. She was the church prophetess, a.k.a. a witch. Okay, (laughs) so we've got to back up. Do you remember near our Baptist church, the witch? The Dixie Witch. Yes, Yes. So all we do is she didn't go to our church, but she was scary looking and sort of, I don't know if she walked around with some cart or something. She would walk laterally or she would walk like the north-south route adjacent to the cemetery. Yeah. And she had just what you uh, read, the description of like the big pile of hair that was probably not able to be gotten a comb through. Right. And she would just shuffle, and so uh, that's what we called her, which, again, wasn't nice or kind, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's because we were shitty children. And I think when she died, she had a lot of money or something. Um, I remember somebody finally profiled her in in the paper. Okay. But I couldn't tell you what the content of that article was. (laughs) And they just (sighs) called her the witch woman. And she loved that article. Okay. She loved that article. (laughs) Okay. Back to the letter. Okay, Ross. Okay. All right. So, okay. Seriously, she did all the stuff a psychic medium would do, but it was in church, so they called her a prophetess. Okay, amen. Want to stop there? Because they were really parallel things, mediums and prophets. It was crazy. Anyway. Is that the plural of medium? Media? <laughs> me, me. I, okay. Yeah. Um. She would go up to people. Grammar jokes. I'm sorry. (laughs) She would go up to people after service and have a word from the Lord for them. She would go up to the people after service and have a word for the Lord from the Lord for them. Then she would say something like, you're struggling with the sin of vanity. That's a horrible thing to tell somebody they're struggling with. Okay, let me... Keep it to yourself, prophetess. (laughs) You're struggling with ugly. Okay. (laughs) You're struggling with the sin of vanity and lust. Here's a scripture for you. She then would slip a piece of paper with a scripture written on it into your hand. Her messages were always creepy because they were very accurate. I will never forget the day she walked up to me and said, Oh, no. You were supposed to be a witch. What the fuck was I supposed to (laughs) say to that? I had never done anything remotely witchy at the time. Years later, after leaving the church, I can honestly say I feel much more comfortable with pagan practices. Anything per Christian delights me. The full moon. Yoga, tarot, meditation, bring it on. 
I think I was always a spiritual person, but the only option in the 80s in my small town was a Christian church. Very true. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, because to- they had the lock on communication. We didn't have the internet. Right, right. We didn't know that there was anything else. So thank you to Christian prophetess who saw my full potential as a future servant of Lilith, the dark mother (laughs) goddess. Just kidding. Thankful for you too, Evelyn. She said we could read her name, Evelyn the Witch. So (laughs) that's... Whose name is also an acronym for 11. Oh, is it acronym the right word? No. Exactly. I knew it when I said it. That it was wrong. I want to do that where I a write jumbled. like little <laughs> things and go up to people and slip them a piece of paper. Like that's <laughs> I saw you from across the room and I could read your aura and then just slip them a piece of paper that just is I don't know what it would say. Oh, somebody in a showing the other day said to me, um, do you have kids? And I said, no. And she goes, I could tell. And I'm like, you could tell. I said, how could you tell? It's just your aura. I'm like, what is my aura? Like a big scribble above my head, like in Charlie Brown (laughs) cartoons. Uh, But I just wonder, well, what the heck does that mean? What did I say that's not nurturing to you? Is that what it was? No, it was that you were relaxed and weren't acting like you had to get back to something. And permanently (laughs) distracted. (laughs) Yeah, she also thought I was older than uh, I am. Oh, Wait, well. no, younger than I am. Oh, and I, so I got to use my favorite joke. That's well, because I don't have kids. Because <laughs> kids age you from worry because so they're shitheads. Except your kids. Your uh, yeah, kids are yeah, nice. Yeah, nice, nice back out. I like how you said they age you as you're looking at a video of me. So I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> No, I just think, my God, it's it's got to be so much worry about some little thing's survival. All, all the time. It's got to be hard. Yeah. 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 Even though they're adults. Totally. It's, and, you know, with daughters especially, and just like, you know, okay, sorry, I know you're an adult, but we got to leave on this app that tells me where you are going to be. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care right. if you're, you know, doing meth in a field. I just need to know <laughs> where? where to tell police you've been for eight days. So it, it does. It totally sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, and there's there's awesomeness with it, too, of course. Oh, but I haven't just gotten to, to that be... part. No, no, I am fortunate. My kids are good. And I said this to someone who's a Christian, has kids, all that. But they were saying how good my kids are. And I'm like, you know, they, they're not hanging out with Christian kids because they're such hellions. He's like, I know. Like, it's <laughs> amazing. You can look down the line at the Christian kids that are my daughter's ages, and they're either married, which mm-hmm. is crazy, they're either married or, you know, COVID they don't care about or they're just, you know, they, they've rationalized everything that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I loved is when 
your daughters were little and we went into stores with them, you would say, okay, girls, this is a hands-on hip store. (laughs) So they wouldn't touch anything. The game was they would glue their fists to their little hips and not move them. So they'd walk around with their arms pointing out everywhere and like, oh, no, my hands don't move in this store. And my elbows just knocked over a (laughs) $5,000 base. Yeah. But they were so great because you actually had rules and made them adhere to them. They weren't running wild and you weren't zoned out and not thinking about uh, what you needed and just assumed that everybody else would think they were cute if they were playing underneath the table at a restaurant and making noise and clanging things. Well, besides me being a perfect parent with perfect children... Um, I wanted to say that to all people out there, and this is for Abby because she's a new mother, pictures of your kids with food smeared on their face is never cute to anyone but you. It's (laughs) disgusting. And I see it all the time. And now people our age are grandmothers, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Clean face pictures. That's what we want. We want to just, I don't care if they're stepping in your high heels or your over big boots. That's all good. That's cute. Not the smeared food. I can't. It's funny because I carry that onto wedding pictures with the cake smashed in the face. I don't like that either personally. Right. Because it's just a waste of good cake. I just want to say I have discovered a show no one else has. It's called The Great British Bake Off. I yeah, know okay. it's it's an underground thing that you haven't heard of. Um, and is Noel Fielding hosting that? Yes. How do you know who Noel Fielding is? The saddest thing in the world is that you know him from this show. He's so funny. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. And now there's a new guy host with him that is killing me. Um, yeah? He's, Who is he? He is. Well, see, you're such an Anglophile with your white <laughs> privilege. Let me see. Um, host of British. So I'm watching all of this. His name is Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas? Yes. He's half of Little Britain. That's oh my where god! I That's where I've I know him watch from. That he is oh my so gosh. funny. So the the good part about this is that we love Top Chef. I love all those things, but this is so kind. Like everyone is kind on it. Uh-huh. It's amazing. But I don't forgive them for some things. One. They put ginger and cinnamon in everything, and that's <laughs> disgusting. And the other is their pronunciation of yogurt. I can't get past it, the What is yogurt. it, like yogurt or something? It's yogurt, which <laughs> is unforgivable. But it's so cute, and it's, like, calming, and all the colors are calming. And even mm-hmm. when they get to, like their deadline where they're running around putting their icing on and freaking out, that level of panic is Americans' baseline on our (laughs) cooking shows. (laughs) So 
I've just been, yeah, watching him the whole time. But, yeah, you'll probably like this last one. I don't know who the comedians really were from the other seasons. But, yeah, I looked up Noel Fielding because I'm like, okay, who's this guy? He's really funny. I haven't seen him lately, but he, he I thought he was so handsome. Yeah, like maybe yeah. about 10 years ago. He's cute, and he's just, you know, he talks with the contestants and has a lot of fun. So I'm sure that maybe, I think, our people who listen to us over the pond probably could start baking now, end up on the show, and then somehow do a deconversion cake. <laughs> there was there was a show that they would do at year end every year called the Big Fat Quiz of the Year, and they would go through the whole year in the news and pop culture and do quizzes like that. So at one point, Noel was paired up on a team with Russell Brand, oh, and the two of them together fantastic. were just like this really bad boy looking, super cute group that, and they were so funny and quick. Right, And their answers were clever. Oh, yeah. So if anyone wants to really take it down a notch during COVID and watch that, that's great. Now, interspersed, I also watched um, the Richard Ramirez documentary, The Night Stalker. So, I mean, I've still got my delightful edge of, uh, (laughs) let's see, some horrible killing and then just... Bake it out. Bake it out. Bake it out. Did you ever watch the show that was on Showtime called The Affair? I think it was like six years ago. Yeah, I started it. I think I watched the first season or two. Yeah. I uh, So the first season on Amazon was free, and then the second season they want you to buy. And I keep going back and forth with like, well, should I just get a subscription to Showtime for a month, or should I buy them? So I keep buying them one at a time for $2. So like, okay, here's $2. It's like having a really low-grade drug habit. Yeah. Okay, here's $2. Our computers need to come with like the credit card slide or the dollar taker, so we really can feel what the hell we're we're doing because <laughs> I'm nickel and diming our family into the whole by like, do I really need this app that's going to put shading on our, you know, Instagram pictures? Sure. I, uh, you know, every app now has in app purchases. I know. It's oh, crazy. I know. You can't buy around them anymore. I know. They're very sneaky. And I love the ones that charge you that are just like, this is a breathing app that teaches you and notifies you when to breathe. But you've got to purchase <laughs> other breaths. You just have to <laughs> just hold it until you get another two bucks. So while we're on the, while we're on the topic of apps, just in case you want to put this in, uh, my favorite app that I've been obsessed with lately is Jumble. And it's based on the little cartoon puzzle in yeah, the yeah. paper. Yeah. So the the Jumble app, you you play it, and then you get a certain amount of coins. And Ooh. I was so excited. I'm like, ooh, what do I get for these coins? Nothing. <laughs> uh, but you can buy extra coins. The what you get for the coins is, is a hint if you can't guess the puzzle. Right, and I'm right, like, right. that's it? 
All I need is time before I guess this. I don't need to buy your hints. So now to me, I'm just playing to see how many coins I can get. And I'm just checking it for you today. Uh, my my coin count is up to 4,376. <laughs> <laughs> and I have nothing to spend them on. But you feel rich. And that's all that matters. I feel rich. And it's the first thing I do on my phone each day. Because the more days in a row you play, the more coins you get. <laughs> so... And here's your metaphor for Christianity. You just keep saving up. All those good deeds and prayers are going to go into a bank that you think will be cashed, but it won't. And they still tell me that I can buy coins. <laughs> like 4,000 coins. And they're on sale today. Uh, I felt so good, like, growing crops. I would do this thing where you grow crops, and then you would look. You'd go over to the newsstand, and you'd flip through the paper you to, mean buy, on an app? to buy the other vegetables. It's like a, a Oh, it's little, an app of yes. life? <laughs> it's a little farm-growing app. Okay, right. I would feel like, oh, look, i got to wake up. Look at my harvest. And I would just, <laughs> like, harvest my vegetables vegetables and I get obsessed. Oh shit. I need I will, I will <laughs> Okay, but I just love that we're we're the idiots in life where I remember one time I went on vacation and Everybody I was with was like, why don't you come outside? It's really pretty. And I'm like, I'm just going to be in here watching this true crime marathon. It's my vacation. I'm going to do, do what I want. I'm do what I want. And so... Um, like fine, it's it's gorgeous outside, and then so so I go on vacation with my friend Amy. We're in a pretty exciting place. I don't know where because we've gone several places, but she'll be there and just play in Candy Crush. Yeah. Like, you can't play Candy Crush in fucking Florida. <laughs> Right. But it's but it's I'm on vacation. I can finally play Candy Crush or watch a true crime marathon. Yeah, yeah. That's what we were like driving through New Mexico and it's gorgeous and like all the outside your window stuff is so surreal because right. we didn't grow up with that. And in the back yeah. seat, everyone would be on their, even the adults, on their phones, <laughs> on their Kindle. I'm like, that's going to be there. But, you know, luckily, I'm not a judgmental person. <laughs> no, this goes back years and years. Same thing. I was on a trip with my grandparents, and I got yelled at. Look at the scenery. I'm like, I just want to read my Archie comic. <laughs> Can you just let me sit in the back seat and do what I want? You have no idea how much... This kind of internal imagination practice is going to come in handy in 2020. Stop bossing me. <laughs> so send in your funny stories. We're going to read more soon. And thank you for listening. Hey, please review us. Um, I know that we bug you about that, but you know you haven't done it. And it's, it's very unkind. So please review us and then find us on Instagram, Twitter. I Twitter a little bit. And dare I say, oh, no, I'm going to have to tell you all about this. I'm on Clubhouse. And what I might that? be doing something 
Yeah, exactly. It's just the app that's invitation only. It's an audio (laughs) app that Oprah and other stars are on. So what it really is, it's this weird audio app, but now I'm sort of liking it. I see problems with it, Um, but say someone is an expert in like raw food, which I'm into, you can... They can say, hey, I'm going to be talking about raw food at 3 o'clock. So you go into that room, and it's an audio, and they talk, and then they answer questions. But it can also be like a, hey, let's hang out. If everyone likes Noel Fielding, anyone want to hang out (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, talk about that? Um, But what I like about it is not only is it diverse, it's like diversity forward. It is uh-huh. right now mostly um, black community folk, and I mean from Nigeria, Gambia, America. So it's really cool. And I'm going to talk about writing, but I think I'm also, I don't want to sell it too much because I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, probably going to do like a little thing with another person who's deconverted and we're just going to like offer a you know question and answer that's it that's cool um yeah I have a question for you can you just go in and talk about things that interest you like a meetup but just audio totally that's what it's about and okay I would I would say it's like networking during the day. There's a lot of people like how to get your sales funnels up or, you know, is real that a estate thing? in the doodle Is that a thing? A sales oh. funnel? Yes. Is you it? You not of the sales funnel? Well, no. Oh, God, I can't teach you everything. I hadn't heard of Gambia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like networking during the day. A lot of people do like your moment of bliss or let's meditate or whatever it is. And in Mm -hmm. the evening and night, it's mostly audio porn. It's like, you know, the hotties hour or how to get a sugar daddy. So (laughs) it's it's definitely open to all sorts of things. But right now I'm finding it interesting. I think it's going to be opening up to anyone it was invite only just because they didn't have enough servers and I guess they had to build their equity and all that but interesting yeah so I'm gonna have I'm under Karen Alea A-L-E-A and then um, yeah I think we're gonna do something on exvangelicalism and deconstructing just like a little safe hour um, to talk about it, and for people who have questions or are doubting, they can, you know, ask them. That's cool because it's live talk, right? As right. opposed to just listening to two ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but we really appreciate you listening to it, yeah, and responding, especially on Instagram. I made a meme the other day. I was real excited about it. Yes, that was Bonnie's meme. The guy. That got captured the Florida man who is not smiling, and it says... And his mugshot. You should smile more. Yeah. Oh, and I just... I, I was listening to 
um, Comey the other night being interviewed by Stephen Colbert, I think it was, and he was saying, you know, despite any uh, any deficiencies in what happened on January 6th, what the FBI is really good at is finding people and we will hunt you down and find you if they had broken in to the Capitol. I'm like, I yes! <laughs> I know. That is so, I have such bloodthirst over that. It's pitiful. Oh, okay. yeah. We've both been on the FBI website looking at people praying that, that they're our neighbors. Yeah, yeah. And I tried <laughs> to post something um, this should be coming out on Inauguration Day. So hopefully listeners will still be um, there and that we are not all stuck to CNN watching some other catastrophe. But no, anyway, we won't be. On that okay. note. The catastrophe for me will be Orange Man coming back. Oh, yeah. He's such a dick. Well, he's going to be moving in close to you, so enjoy that. That's what I mean. Okay. And I'm really, really hoping that, what's her name, Melania, it would be so cool if she filed for divorce the oh, next day. yeah, yeah. I really oh, hope so. I think It won't so. happen. I know. All right. Know. Have a great week. And Bye, guys. Democracy. Bye-bye. Democracy. The government.